0: Good morning, welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Ahre Mois the second Aliyah in Parshas Ahre Mois. Our Aliyah is seven Psokim Long, running from Perik Tes Zion in Sefeva from Pasek Yurches to Chof The topic of our Aliyah is the two goats. We're told, V'yotzor El Hamizbeach Hashem, so at this point in time the coin has already performed the Avoida, the service on one of the goats. He has shechted the one which is La Hashem. And he has sprinkled his blood internally. And now what happens is is he takes the live goat, the one which had azazel, and we are told that he places, um, he goes and he, um, after atoning for all the, the, uh, the internal kalem the Mizbeach ha-Panimi, the Mizbeach ha-Chitzon, the internal and external Mizbeach, then he takes this live goat, Places his hands upon its head. He will now um, do a confession for all the sins of Israel, for all the sins on it. He'll send in the hands of a responsible or a timely man and goes out to the desert. And this this sair, this goat, will carry upon its head all the sins of Israel to a decreed land. And he'll be sent out into the desert. Then Aaron um, will come, and he'll take off his clothes. He'll switch his clothes, and he'll leave them there. And he will then wash his clothes, wash himself again. And this goes going to the mikveh, and then going to do his olah, his um, offering, and the olas ha'am v'chipher ba'adav And then he'll turn for himself and the people so a few basic points to understand what is actually going on over here um and the it starts off with just with a basic seder the basic order of what's happening here as rashi points out that there really are five switches of clothing rashi points out that first at the beginning of the day he's the kohen god starts off in the big day of zahav in his golden clothes these golden clothes are used to perform the avodah the regular avodah in the morning of the olas Tam. in addition the Kohen will also perform the avoda of the katoras. All the regular things are done in the morning. Then he switches into the white clothes and he does the avodah sapanim, the internal service. This is when he takes the, that power that, that he does two confessions, first for himself and then for the tribe of Kuhuna, And then he takes the se'ir ha the live goat, and does the atonement for all of Israel um, on the 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 secondary goat he does a shekht, the one goat shech the one ox takes their blood sprinkles it all inside with the kataris. that is all by, by done in the white clothes um, then after sending off this uh, this goat as we see in aralia he then comes and he switches back to gold and does the musaf the, which is the, the sacrifice the extra sacrifice for Yom, for for Yom being a yomtiv then he goes back into white clothes to take out the incense spoon in, which is uh, which is still smoldering inside the Kodesh HaKadashim and th- then he comes back and he finishes up the day when the big day is Zahav. so it goes gold, white, gold, white, gold and um, in between each of those times he then goes to the Mikveh um, it's worthwhile actually reading the Mishnayas in Yuma in Masakas Yuma to understand the general progression of what happens in the Seir La'Azazel and it's important to sort of appreciate what's generally happening over here in Mishnah Sakhin actually in, Yoma, in the fourth, fifth, and sixth parak, really add a lot of detail to what it is that is said in the Torah. Over here, first of all, when that, the lottery was done, they would tie a red uh, string around the horns of the um, the goat, which was going to be sent away, and then we we hear about all the details of the of the this very specific vidui that Cohen Godel does on its head, and then when they would send out this 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 goat, this is going to be literally the scape goat they, they, they had a special ramp outside Jerusalem so that there were a number of people who would uh, object to the service, the Babliim, and uh, and they would this would be above the heads of the people so people could not interrupt the service so it would go straight out from the Har Habayis to the temple Mount to outside Jerusalem and there would be a path which would be a quite a significant distance, about 12 kilometers from Jerusalem. And they would have these little booths um, um, along the way. Um, uh, there would be number of booths every, uh, every so often in order to, to, uh, to have these, so to speak, resting points. And at each booth the, um, there would be people offering um, the this, this person escorting the Seir, whether he needed food or water. Yes, it was Yom Kippur, but he would be allowed, this person would be allowed, technically speaking, to perform this avod of Yom Kippur if need be, to eat or drink. But he never did. Um, and uh, what they would do is, is they would get to this place, the Tzuk, which is this cliff, which is where they would take it to. Um, and they would, um, they had this, this, uh, this scarlet, um, this red ribbon which was around its horns and what they would do is is they would tie one half of that they'd rip it in half tie half of it to the rock at the top and then they would push it backwards over the edge of the cliff and it would it would over the over the side of the cliff it would actually fall to parts it would die in the process of falling down and at this point in time um, they would know that the sins were were uh Were atoned for um as well they'll say a miracle that the the red ribbon would turn white if in fact the 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 kapora process was atoned for um a few other points to 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 note over here just in basically understanding arelia is number one is that the way it describes this process is it says that uh, he would send it to the, the the midbar to the desert which sounds like if translated directly without the addition of Chazal's understanding of what was actually going on, it sounds like that he would just bring it out to the desert and let it go, much like the two birds. The of Velozhin actually does make the, make the following point, that there were two options as to how it could work. And that is that when the B'nai Yisrael, or the Nation of Israel, doing the will of Hashem, then they would, they would be able to take it to the cliff, throw it off the edge of the cliff, and the Avodah of Yom Kippurim was affected. However, when it was done in a way, where b'nai israel were not in a fitting time let's say after the times of shimon as the missionist says it then they would take it to the mid the midbar to the desert and run it would run away they wouldn't have the opportunity of fully fulfilling this divine service as well a few basic questions is number one is is how does it work that the sins are carried on a goat goats can carry sins you can put sins on goats how does that work exactly this notion of scapegoat you know, this, this is Judaism, this is not some sort of, you know, um, you know backwards, um, a, a suspicious, taboo kind of, you know, pagan religion. How does it work? That sins go on goats. So the, the Ozzanamu has a very fascinating suggestion. He quotes Chazal that when a person sins, they create a metaphysical being, a being, a machabel, a, 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 a metaphysically damaging being. And when a person does the process of tshuva, they're able to, to disassociate from that negative force, which is a spiritual force which surrounds a person because of the negative action they did. Now, yes, you can't measure this. You can't see this on a screen. You can't even see this on an electromagnetic sensor, right? Because those are, our tools are not fashioned to me- measure metaphysics. But nonetheless, this metaphysical being exists, this negative force. And when a person does tshuva, they disassociate from that negative force. However, that, that negative force does not go away. It still exists, and the reason it exists is because if a person were to relapse, a person were to return to that sin, then it, this force would join with the newly created force and actually be more intensively negative and damaging if a person relapses into such a sin pattern. However, if a person is man- has managed to disassociate from it, so now they've done to Shiva, they've disassociated from this force, and now Yom Kippur arrives, and then when Yom Kippur arrives, it will in fact destroy this force. This force, this disassociated force, if the trival was done, will no longer be hanging out, waiting to reattach itself to any relapses. And that's one of the powers of Yom Kippur. And therefore, in a sense, what the Rasul says is that on Yom Kippur, what the Qayen Gadol is doing is he is harnessing all of those disassociated forces, all the people who created all these Averos, all these negative forces in the world. What he is going to do is he's going to attach them to the Seir. He's attaching them to this goat. And when it is falling over the cliff, it is in a certain sense destroying all those metaphysical forces which were created, which were separated from, but were waiting for a re access point, those are no longer going to be. That's really what's going on. A very powerful idea. Rav Hirsch has a very different perspective here. He says this is all a metaphor for a very, very profound perspective. And that is that you'll know the mission describes in Messech in the fourth parak, that these si'irim, based on the psukim, need to be identical. They're the same height, the same appearance, the same age. They have to be identical si'irim, of goats. Why is it so, so significant? So Rav, Rav Hirsch says that these are two versions of ourselves. These are the sliding door realities of self, how it could be. There's two ways that we could look this year. One is the, 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 the half of us or the, the, the version of self, which could be, which really doesn't necessarily um, um, make sacrifice, which, which, so to speak, avoids the, the, the path which requires confrontation of self, requires self-mending, reco- that, 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 that requires introspection and change. That part, that part of ourselves we avoid. We avoid the, the sacrifices necessary to, to make the effort to change. And therefore, we, we so to speak, carry on in, you know, moving further and further away from holiness, further and further from the Jerusalem the epicenter of our lives and, and we go off until one moment in time we suddenly fall off the edge of a cliff and we're no longer. The other version of self, the other possibility of ourself, is the possibility which is, uh, requires sacrifice and, and in a certain sense cutting down some animalistic version of self. If we're able to do that sufficiently and correctly then we're able to enter into the holy of holies. But it requires sacrifice. It requires going through sometimes painful processes of sacrificing parts of ourselves, which we found very dear to ourselves. Those two versions of reality exist in front of us every year. Beginning of every year, we have the opportunity of saying, am I going to go with the path of the least resistance, which unfortunately doesn't feel, at the beginning doesn't feel so bad, but in the end of the day ends up over a cliff? Or am I going to make the sacrifices necessary and come closer and come to the closest I possibly can with the Almighty? that requires sacrifice. Those are the shnei Seirim. They are really ourselves. The metaphor for what it means to be a active chooser, an active person who's choosing which destiny they choose this year. In the meantime, a wonderful and meaningful